Second Timothy two. I have a. I have. I feel like I have a message tonight that it it basically ties in in some ways. I think with Thursday night. And I realize the Baltimore congregation's not here tonight, and I did not feel led to stream this message, even though it really applies to the body. But but it, it, again, it, it's a it's connected with with Thursday night, but be a little bit beyond that and, and and I believe that after tonight at least on Sunday nights I, I have not settled yet on the exact direction we will go Thursday night but uh, I do believe that after tonight there's going to be a shift in the ministry preaching whatever that takes place on Sunday nights um, but I, I have a I have a I guess a challenge tonight as we make that about to make that shift. And so, 2 Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to start reading with verse number 1. Paul says to Timothy, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. God, Whatever God gave you, Whatever God's put in you, He didn't put it in you to be a a vault, to store it. But what's been given to you is so that you can pass it on. Paul says, whatever I've given and you've heard among many witnesses, the same thou commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I... I wonder how much our uh, some of, and, and I, I know some of us are going through very difficult situations and circumstances, and so I'm not saying this to everybody because some of you where you're at that this isn't what this isn't exactly for you. I'll let you and the Lord ultimately decide that, and hopefully you'll try to decide that with an open, sincere mind between you and Him. But I wonder how many of you your your, your whole perspective would completely change if you would just start thinking of yourself as a soldier. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things we are in our walk with God, and one of them is a soldier. And as a soldier, it's not about a five-star hotel. It's not about the best meals and the best clothes and the best cars and the best houses. There's some hardness you have to endure as a good soldier. No man that warreth. Here it is, verse 4 is where I want to draw your focus to. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Amplified says it this way, No soldier, when in service, gets entangled in the enterprises of civilian life. His aim is to satisfy and please the one who enlisted him. Message Bible, a soldier on duty doesn't get caught up in making deals at the marketplace. He concentrates on carrying out orders. Then lastly, Wiest's New Testament translation says it like this, No one, when engaged in military service, allows himself to become involved in civilian pursuits in order that he may please the one who enlisted him 
as a as a soldier. I don't I don't have a good title for you tonight. I just want to draw your attention back to the King James verse four: No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Father, I thank you for your presence that is in this place. I thank you for the privilege of being in your presence tonight. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in us as a body, where you're taking us, what you're going to do. And I pray tonight, God, that you would speak to our hearts individually, that there would be an openness to respond to your word, that each of us might be able to be a participant in what you're doing and what you're going to do. Let your word, spirit, minister, speak in this place tonight. I ask you and trust you for your anointing tonight, Father. I depend upon you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Barnes' note says this with regards to this verse. That is, him who has enlisted him or in whose employ he is. His great object is to approve himself to him. It is not to pursue his own plans or to have his own will or to accumulate property or fame for himself. His will is absorbed in the will of his commander and his purpose is accomplished if he meet with this approbation. Nowhere else is it so true that the will of one becomes lost in that of another as in the case of the soldier. How many current or former military personnel do we have tonight? Would you raise your hand, please? First off, thank you again for your service to our country. The sacrifices that have been made. And so to those of you that just raise your hand, former or current, Sir, currently serving in the military. How many of you only ever went to places you wanted to go? How many of you never went to the places you didn't want to go? How many of you went to some places you didn't want to go? No choice, right? Because the person in charge said, this is where you're going. Don't matter what your will is. Don't matter what you desire. How about this? How many of you, when you enlisted, ended up being sent someplace a whole lot different than what was kind of promised to you? Any of you? Oh, a bunch of you. Uh-huh. Yeah. What choice did you have? What options were there? What could you do? Oh, you could do something. You submit. Nowhere else is it so true that the will of one becomes lost in that of another as is the case of the soldier. In an army, it is contemplated that there should be but one mind, one heart, one purpose, 
that of the commander. And that the whole army should be as obedient to that as the members of the human body are to the one will that controls all. That was good, Brother Wright. Say that again. Thank you, I will. In an army it is contemplated that there shall be but one mind, one heart, one purpose. This is not a democracy. This is not a democracy. There's not a bunch of elected officials that get to decide based on what you tell them you want. It is a theocracy. And God is in charge. One purpose, that of the commander, and that the whole army shall be as obedient to that as the members of the human body are to the one will to the one will that controls all. I got to tell you, I do not think one of the common messages of the religious world today, of Christianity today, is that of a soldier. There's too many messages that are, that are about making everybody feel better and think better about themselves and have better self-esteem and have a better outlook on life. Some of you, those of you that were in the military know what it is to be broken down for a guy to be in your face yelling and screaming and tearing you down to nothing. Ooh. But you understand, I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm becoming something. And I've got to lose some old identities to take on my new identity. Watch those. I saw it in the video I referred to on the night, on New Year's Eve service and watched it in that, in the video presentation at the visitor center at the Naval Academy as those plebes report for plebe summer and they come in that first day and they sit down. You know what? When I sit down in the barber's chair, my, my barber says to me, do you want your usual? And I say, yes, ma'am. So I go to the same barber every other week. It's the best barber I've ever had in my whole life. And so I sit in that chair, and she says, do you want your usual? I told her back in the summer, no, I want a one and a three. Going on vacation. I want low maintenance. Got home, went back to, you want your usual? Yes. My boys, they, my, my uh, Angie's sister uh, cuts hair at, at uh, Sport Clips in Edgewater, and they've been going to her sometimes now, and, and then now when they don't go to her, they go to Sport Clips, and they sit in the chair, and, and you get a new barber, and you got to tell them what you want. you got to try to make it clear, and it's your choice. It's your preference. There have been a couple times that I've taken them, and it's a new, new brand-new barber they never had, and they, they come out, and they, Dad, is that okay? Yes, it's... I mean, yes, it's what they want, and so it's not contrary to the Word of God, so may not like it, but if it's not violating the Word of God and that's what they want, then so be it. It's your choice. You're right. All of you grown-ups tonight, nobody stood in your face 
this evening in your closet. You will wear this, but you will wear this tie and that shirt and this suit. No, you look picked. So some come dressed up, some come casual, some come in styles that you never wear, and others. I mean, it. But I watch as 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 guy after guy sat in that chair. There was no dialogue. You sat down. Down to nothing. Doesn't matter how you had it when you came. Don't matter if you had product in it when you got there. You don't need product in it after that. For you old folks, that's gel, hairspray, or something like that. Doesn't matter. Everybody got the same cut. Don't don't settle down. I ain't preaching we all got to look the same and act to be... I don't want to dress like some of you dress, and you don't want to dress like I dress. That's okay. You're right. You're As long as it's modest, as long as it's godly, as long as it doesn't violate the principles of the Word of God, you wear what color style you want to wear. But a soldier. Soldier. Oh. So every time you and I buck against the preaching of the Word of God and the principles of the Word of God and, 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 and narrow preaching, what we're saying is, I, 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 I want to be a sheep. <laughs> I just want to wander and just be kind of herded. Because when I understand I'm a soldier, that means there's some things I'm told to do I don't like doing. I don't want to do. But as a good soldier, I obey in the same way as my physical members obey my mind when it gives instruction. The grand purpose of the minister of the gospel is to please Christ. And for tonight, in this context, everybody sitting here with the Holy Ghost is a minister. The grand purpose of the minister of the gospel is to please Christ. He is to pursue no separate plans and to have no separate will of his own. And it is contemplated that the whole core of Christian ministers and members of the churches shall be as entirely subordinate to the will of Christ as an army is to the orders of its chief. Oh. That every member of the body will be as much in subordination as a soldier is to its chief. Ooh. I know some of y'all wish we could go back 30, 40 minutes ago. It's just that sweet Jesus we were talking about. Yeah. Ha-ha. Same Jesus. Same Jesus. No man that warreth entangleth. I said it Thursday night. You can't go establish his kingdom out there if his kingdom is not first established in here. You can't go try and establish his authority everywhere else when his authority is not established first and foremost in your life. And so you can't get involved in some kind of spiritual war with the enemy when you are entangled with the affairs of the enemy. 
The word warith means to serve in a military campaign, figuratively to execute the apostolate with its arduous duties and function. It is to contend with carnal inclinations. There's not a person in this place tonight that does not have some carnal inclinations. We all got our own preferences, our own desires. One of the wonderful things about becoming an adult is I can eat what I want to eat. Well, the first portion of my life, that wasn't the case. Remember one time it was about peas. You're not getting up from the table, son, until you eat your... No, no I ref, let me... Ref, it started as you're not getting dessert if you don't eat your peas. So I sat there for a while and complicated the great sacrifice of no dessert. Waited for a while, finally acknowledged, no problem, I'll do without dessert tonight. Then came the next statement. Fine. You still aren't getting up until you eat your peas. I eat what I want to when I want to now because I am the head of my house. And they will eat what I tell them to eat because they are my children. And I have bitterness over what I had to eat that I didn't want to, so I'm paying them back at some point in some time for what I had to do. Well, the rest of you spiritual folks that have never thought that way, I apologize. I will attain to your heights one day after I get a little more enjoyment in. I'm sorry. But you know, you, you, you know man, I, I, it's almost too bad we can't live life, be born as grandparents. Because by the time, if, if we bo were born as grandparents and ended up as children, we would have a whole different perspective. Now that I am a parent and I've put my dad through all my years that I was under his roof, I have such greater appreciation and respect for him now than I ever did then. That whole thing that I, you know, we, there was only four of us. Where do y'all want to go for dinner? I don't know. A couple minutes later, where do y'all want to go for dinner? I don't know. Fine, and let's go here. No, we don't want to go there. That's not that's not where we want to go. And now I got I got two more than there was in my four when I was growing up, and so I hate Sunday afternoons. I hate it. With, you know, it's hard to eat at home once you got church and we travel around most Sundays and so it's it, every week. Where are we going? I don't know. I don't care. Fine, let's go here. No, I don't want that. You said you didn't care. And, 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 and you know, I, I, there is no, there, absolute, there's, there is no better Sunday afternoon meal than grits and eggs and bacon and biscuits or toast 
none. If I could have that every Sunday afternoon, I would be absolutely content. The problem is there's four people in my house that for some reason don't like that. We don't want breakfast for dinner. Every now and then, every now and then, today being one of those wonderful days, oh well. I pay the bills. I provide for you. I take care of you. This is what I want. This is what we will have. You are welcome to fast. See, we, we get this attitude that church ought to be like going to Applebee's or Friday's or one of those other places and would like for the preacher to provide me a menu for this evening and challenging message, rebuking message, encouraging message, loving, sweet, gentle message. Oh, that's what I want tonight. Or we want church to be a buffet. Go pick what we want. Eat as much of what we want. Go home. But I got to tell you, God is not a restaurant with multiple options. God says, this is what I'm putting on the table. This is what you're going to eat. I don't like that. I don't want that. Then you must not be a soldier. Because sometimes a soldier has to just suck it up. And accept what is being provided. And realizes I am in a battle. I am in a warfare. And I can't get entangled. The word entangled means to weave means to get entwined with. I, I can't get caught up in the affairs of this life. The word affairs means to busy oneself with. To trade. Let, let, let's just stay on that busy oneself with. No man that warreth. No man that warreth. We got instructions last Sunday night. It's time to war again. And no man that warreth gets caught up busying himself in the affairs of this life. There is a whole lot of our busyness that is busyness by our choice. It is busyness of our preference. Technology and the things you do on technology is not busyness. That's carnality. The hours you spend entertaining your flesh is not busyness. That's carnality. Man, the first part of this service was a whole lot more fun. No man that wars gets tangled up in the affairs, in 
busying oneself with this life. I guess I believe there's a call going out tonight and as was that last week or week before last, I guess it was two weeks ago, may not be preaching to everybody tonight, but perhaps there are some hungry men and women, males and females in this sanctuary tonight that there is something inside of you that is hungry to be a part of that spiritual warfare and see God do some significant things that you're willing to realize there's some things I gotta I gotta get loose from there's some things I gotta take off there's some things that have become entwined in my life going back to what the scripture says in Hebrews maybe it's not sin but maybe it is a weight that's holding you down and preventing you from being able to fight effectively and fight efficiently I've used before I'll try to come up with a better one in the future but the analogy I've used many times with regards to this if is if you and I were about to run a race if I was about to race you and 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 there's very few of you I would race here tonight because I have slim chances of winning most races because I'm not fast now never been fast and so if I pick somebody I thought I could be brother Joel and if it was a serious race and and and, and depending what the circumstances were I I would start taking things off. If I was about tonight to go out in the parking lot and race one of you, I would take my tie off. I'd, I'd take my coat off. I'd reach in my pocket and I'd, I'd get everything out because I don't want anything weighing me down. I don't want anything holding me back. I, I don't want anything entangling me and preventing me from being able to run efficiently and effectively. And I'm preaching to some folks tonight. I commend you because you're trying to run this race and you're trying to fight this battle but you're trying to do it with things that are wrapped up and got you entangled and the only way to ultimately win this war is you've got to get loose and free of some things that have you entangled and if you're going to fight this fight and if you're going to win this battle you can't be entangled in the affairs of this world You know what? It's a challenge for the spiritual to recognize their carnality. Because the carnality of the spiritual is usually not that bad compared to the carnality of the carnal. I'll try to, but I just came off the top of my head, so I don't know if I can repeat it. It's a whole lot more difficult for a spiritual person to recognize and acknowledge his carnality than it is for the carnal person. Because the carnal, the carnal person doing their own deal, living their own way, you, you know the things that are wrong there. But for the spiritual, I mean, bless God, we're here. I'm at church. I worship. I'll be here Thursday night. I'll do some other religious things throughout the week. And you're going to tell me I'm, I'm carnal? When I got areas of my life that are under my control and you nor him can tell me what to do, that's carnality. That means I got some stuff that he's not in control of and it doesn't matter how much I pray and worship and what I do. If I've got stuff I won't let go. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 14, Paul in giving a salutation, includes Demas as a part of his greeting. 
as a fellow laborer in the letter he writes. But in 2 Timothy chapter 4, in verse number 9, Paul says to Timothy, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, and Titus unto Dalmatia. Weest says, Do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas let me down, having set a high value upon this present age, and thus has come to love it. The Message Bible, get here as fast as you can. Demas, chasing fads, went off to Thessalonica and left me here. Colossians, he's a fellow laborer. Colossians, he is side by side with Paul and what he's doing. According to the commentaries, I tried to find it for myself in the scripture and I didn't succeed. But according to the commentaries, and maybe somebody here knows the reference, Demas was at one point imprisoned with Paul. I mean, he had been there. He had been side by side. At one point, there was a level of dedication and commitment that Demas had. But something changed in Demas. And now Paul says, he has let me down. He has left me because he has decided he loves this present world more than the world to come. Can I challenge somebody who may be starting to get entangled and twined in the cares of this life that at one point you were passionate about ministry. At one point you were passionate about the things of God. At one point you were passionate about the lost. But now you've started to lose that because there are some things in this present world that are starting to get your attention and they're starting to drag you down. Can I challenge somebody tonight by the help of the Holy Ghost in the grace of God that you would shake off some of those things that are now entwining you that are now wrapping you up so that you can get involved in this warfare and not be entangled with the affairs of this life we take it for granted that everybody that was a laborer at one point is always going to be a laborer and everybody that was dedicated and committed at one point is always going to be dedicated and committed. But I got to tell you, that's not the case. You can find in Scripture and you can find in life today, and I could sit here and call names, and some of you could call names, not trying to be critical or judgmental, but of those that at one point were involved and committed and dedicated to ministry, but circumstances and situations, some it was difficulties that they became offended over, others it was the pleasures of this life that were made available to them that distracted them, and so what they were at one point, what they were passionate about, at one point they've lost that passion because they've gotten entangled I'm 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 tired of I don't mean to be offensive but I'm just getting a little tired of the 80's getting tired of 80 and 81 I'm tired of walking around the museums of Antioch's history 
tired of the statues of the past. I, I took Brother Tim, Brother Timothy Lee. We went downtown the other day and, and got some lunch. And since I was down there and I, I just thought of it and, and, and Lighthouse Apostolic Church, the first building, the picture back on the wall that, 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 that Bishop Mother Wright used when they came to Annapolis. I, I drove him by there and I showed him that. And then, and then we're only a couple minutes away from Windsor Avenue. So I drove him by Windsor Avenue and, and I showed him that. And then we, we went down and he was staying at the Holiday Inn on West Street. And so I went ahead and went down Hilltop Lane and I pulled into the Salvation Army and, and I pointed him to, pointed that out to him and told him that's, that's where it happened. Get offended at me. Let me finish my point. That was that was the place. That was the place, Brother Bishop, where five times Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night, extended revivals and hundreds of people getting the Holy Ghost and and and, and having to set up and take down for almost every service. I'm, I'm just, dear God, if that's all we've got to live off of is what God did, this thing stinks. Some of you are, are, are history buffs. You know all about history, and, and I know we need to know where we came from so we can know where we're going. I never have understood that, but that's what I've been told, so we got to know where we were so we can know, where, okay, that's what the smart people say, so... That makes me smart, and that's what I don't. I'm not a. I'm not. If you like to stop and read everything at the museums, you need to get somebody else to take you. I want to see the pictures and read the caption, and I want to move on to the next thing. I know. I know. I'm gonna get in trouble when I get home because I'm not supposed to talk like this. That's real, not real good thanks for the wonderful breakfast dinner I had today. I'm sorry. I, I, I know I, I'm not, I'm sorry, parents. I know I'm not helping your kids. Why do I have to learn this? They're, they're all right. Ask your parents. They got a better reason than I do. I'll have to answer that to mine when I get home. I'm, I'm not sure, please, get, understand, I'm, 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 stating it a little bit beyond just to make a point. Permit me for a bit of hyperbole. But I'm I'm thankful for what happened. But but history doesn't satisfy today. Thank God for the thousands that got the Holy Ghost at the YMCA and at the warehouse. Thank God. We thanked them a lot for that. We'll thank them again at some point when we celebrate another anniversary. When it comes to everyday living, we need something fresh. We need something new. But here's the problem. Here is the problem. There was a corporate... I know I'm a kid, and I, I, know I was a kid, I'm sorry. I was a kid. I used my, the mug I got when I turned 30 today for, for breakfast for my coffee. The big 3-0, it says, on the inside. 
Wow, that feels like a lifetime ago. I know I was a kid then. I know I was a kid in the days of the YMCA. I realize maybe maybe my memory is not exactly what yours is. But the impression I have, Brother Middleton, there was a corporate dedication, commitment, passion. It wasn't just one or two people that were so... People were bought in. Because you know what? Here's part of the problem. Oh, hallelujah. We are so much more blessed, naturally speaking, today than most of y'all were then. We're driving nicer cars today than most of them drove then. We're living in nicer houses today than most of them lived in. We're wearing nicer clothes today than most of them lived in. And our whole standard of living as a church has gone up than what it was. See, back then, y'all didn't have TV and Internet and movies and all that stuff. And they drug children to church without technology to appease them five times a week. But I know it's 2014 or 15, sorry, and things have changed. Yes, they have changed. We have fed and fed and fed and fed and fed the flesh to the point we're not soldiers anymore. We are consumers. As a consumer, whatever I say is right. As a consumer, this steak ain't cooked the right way. As a consumer, this drink don't taste right. As a consumer, these french fries are no good. And it's your job as the server to fix it. But I'm sorry God is not running a restaurant trying to please the customer. And he's looking for some soldiers that are willing to enlist no matter what the cost, no matter what the commands, no matter what the sacrifice, no matter what I have to do that I may not want to do because there is something much bigger and more significant than me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not sorry for what I'm preaching. I, I, I'm sorry if somehow I'm coming across different than I mean to. I'm trying to challenge tonight. I, I really am not trying to rebuke. And, and if that's the way it's coming across, then, then I guess I apologize because I'm not trying to. I am trying to challenge. I, I am trying to shake some of you away. I'm, I'm sorry. This is the, this is the, the plight of being a PK. Another one of those things was done to me, so now I get to do it. Nathaniel, who most of you know as Chester, takes violin lessons. And I, I picked him up the other day from violin lessons. And he was sitting in the back seat. He now sits in the back seat all the time because he was informed by his driver's ed sister it's illegal for him to sit up front, so... I need to tell her some other things to tell him, help me out. And I, looked, I looked in the back and he looks like me and favors me in some ways, but one way he doesn't really favor me, he, he, he likes, to, likes to talk. That's a good thing. 
And so it's, you know, he's not always chatty talking in the car, but usually he's, you know. And sometimes he's not very talkative and just he's not talkative. But I, I, I looked and and uh I I I'm I'm a tormentor, I just I am. So I reined it, I worked really hard to rein it in because I could tell something was bothering him. And so I've made a couple of just sort of facetious remarks and then realized there was something kind of going on a little bit and so <laughs> y'all aren't right. <laughs> so so I I prodded a little bit because I recognized something was wrong and he, he's had a new teacher now for a little while than the original one. And, and he had a rough lesson because all the teacher did in that lesson, according to him, was criticize what he did, how he did it. And I worked really hard to be the nurturing father in that moment. Because really what I wanted to say, sorry, was suck it up, kid, that's life. And that's good coaching. Now I don't know, I wasn't there. Maybe maybe his teacher was in a bad mood that day too. Well some of y'all don't like me tonight. <laughs> Woo, I'm glad I don't get paid to get you to like me. I, I don't, I wasn't there. I wasn't sitting in on the lesson. And so, you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe on Wednesday his teacher was exceptionally grumpy and was just nitpicking everything. But I also know, I've experienced this a lot of times, Kevin, in sports, there's sometimes... The coach just decides to hone in on some things. And there's some things he starts trying to get worked out that I've been doing for a while and they've been working okay. But to go to the next level, to really become everything you can be, the coach looks in and says, no, nah, that, that's not, not working. You respond, but it is working. No, it may be working now, but it, it's not going to work then. And, and it's, it's if you stay that way, keep doing that, you can only go so far. So sometimes there's got to be a voice that says, this isn't good enough. This isn't working. You got to change it. And if I'm anything but a soldier in those moments... It's going to be hard to take. And I'm not saying if you're a soldier, it's easy to take. But there is an understanding as a soldier, i got to take it if I know what's best for me. No man that warreth. 14,600 days, basically, they wandered. Wandered and wandered. 14,600 days. But on this day in Joshua 3 and verse 1, Joshua rose early in the morning and they removed from Shai to Tim and came to Jordan 
he and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove your place and go after it. There, yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it that ye may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way here to four and verse number five Joshua said unto the people sanctify yourselves because after 14,600 days tomorrow oh hallelujah oh faith rise up after 14,600 hundred days Joshua says tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you I don't care if you've been wandering 14,600 days surviving one day to the next gathering manna from day to day gathering just enough to eat today so you can make it to tomorrow finding a rock where water flows out so we got some drink for today I'm telling you that tomorrow it's all all about to change I know some of you have been living a lot of days and you just can't imagine that in one day God is able to turn it around but it's not even been 14,000 for a lot of you some of you it's only been a couple of hundred and if in one day God can take them from the wilderness to cross in Jordan in the promised land then God is able to take you and I from whatever days of wandering we've been in to stepping in to a new place and a new dimension So what he said was, we're about to go somewhere. And because we're about to go somewhere, you got to sanctify yourself before we go. We can't go into a new place carrying all the old stuff. We can't go into a new land with all the baggage of yesterday and the sin from yesterday. So we're about to go into something new. But before that, we got to get untangled. That word sanctify means to consecrate, to sanctify, to prepare, to dedicate, to be hallowed, to be holy, to be sanctified, to be separate. Could use it in the context of what Paul said. It means to cut off some things. It means to get rid of some things. It means to get loose of some things so that you can move forward without restriction and limitation. Any marathon runners? Anybody's ever run a marathon here? Anybody? Anybody ever run a marathon? A couple of hands. What's a marathon? 26.2 kilometers? Miles. I'm sorry. 26.2 miles. How many times have you run a marathon, Brother Lamo? Four times. When's the last time you ran a marathon? November. Did, did you just, October, 
so I, I'm assuming you, you knew the marathon was coming. Probably had to sign up for it. Was it what day of the week was it on? What day of the week was the marathon on? What day of the week was the marathon on? A Saturday. So you signed up. And I'm sure you just that Saturday morning just got up and said, "I'm going to run a marathon today." No, no. Really? I mean, why not? I mean, you just go out and run a marathon, right? You trained. You prepared. Did you adjust your diet? Yeah. Man, that's that's sacrifice right there. (laughs) Ran in advance. Did other stuff in advance to get ready. How is it? Why is it? We think. Anybody ever ever boxed competitively? I don't mean you just slugged it out with somebody. I mean, well, we'll pick on somebody else this time. Well, the Bray, you boxed? Did you just just hop in the ring and gonna go with eleven rounds? Is that right? Is that what it? How many ring? How many rounds is box? Less, so a little bit less. Just gonna just gonna jump in the ring and go box today. May go, however, have many rounds. Just going to duke it out. No. No. Oh. Well in advance. You train. You prepare. Bishop told us last month, are we going to fight our Amalek? Last Sunday, sorry. Are we going to fight? We all got excited. Yeah, let's go fight. Let's go 26 miles. Let's go 11 rounds. I've been laying in my spiritual recliner the last, you know, six, eight months. Feeding my flesh all kind of junk. Eating all kind of spiritual junk food, fluff, and dessert. Getting me some good old internet preaching that's just what I want to hear. Get a couple minutes into that one. Nah, I don't really want that one. Let me go find the next guy that will tell me what I want to hear. Well, the bishop said last week we've got to fight, so I'm going to go fight. <laughs> Somebody posted a video clip on, on Facebook. I saw it yesterday. They said what I look like after five seconds of running. It was this cat. It looked like a pretty fat cat. And this cat ran about 15 feet and it just fell over. <laughs> that, see, that's what we want to do. See, some, some of y'all liked that message last Sunday night, but you don't like this one tonight. Y'all were all about the bishop last week. Y'all were all about, yeah, pastor, you hear that message? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's talking to you, pastor. We're, this church is the message in because of you. Ain't nothing happened because you, so what you gonna do? I came to tell you tonight what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to find me somebody that's willing to get untangled and willing to sanctify and separate because there is a battle.
but it's a battle that we can win because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So there, there was a battle that David went to fight and there were a bunch of folks that stayed by the stuff. And you know what? If some of you want to stay by the stuff, I'm good with that. Really, no problem. I mean it sincerely. If you want to stay, fine. And the rest of us are going to go down to Ziklag and get something that was taken from us and we're going to recover all and we're going to bring our stuff and your stuff back to... He said, sanctify. And here's why. Don't sanctify. Don't sanctify so you can go out and blow a bunch of people up for some religious cause. Don't sanctify to go live on some farm in in Pennsylvania where you're totally different than everybody else in your own little cluster. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody. Hear my point, please. Don't sanctify so you can become better than everybody else. Don't sanctify so you can become proud Pentecostals. But sanctify yourself because tomorrow the Lord is going to do wonders. Listen, listen to what that word wonders means. I love this. This is a great word. The word wonders means to be marvelous. Tomorrow God's going to be marvelous. It means to be wonderful. It means to be surpassing, to be extraordinary, to separate by distinguishing action. It means God's going to do something tomorrow to set himself apart from every other God. To be beyond one's power, to be difficult to do, to show oneself wonderful or marvelous. You got to get ready. You got to sanctify because tomorrow God is going to be marvelous. Tomorrow God's going to be wonderful. Tomorrow God is going to be surpassing. Tomorrow God is going to be extraordinary. Tomorrow God is going to distinguish himself by doing something that nobody else can do. Tomorrow God's going to show himself wonderful and marvelous and so I gotta get myself separated not to be aloof not to be better but because I want to be a part of God being wonderful I want to be a part of God being marvelous I know I know I I got a feeling, I got a feeling that I have failed at the times in my ministry that I have preached about separation and we need to separate. But if we're not, we've made the mistake and I know I've made the mistake. We focus on the separate from and forget the separate to. And we get focused on what we're separating ourselves from and it just becomes religion. And But the reason that we are separating from is so that we can fellowship with and participate with and be a part of what God is doing. And I can become a fellow laborer with Him and I can be a conduit through which He flows. Saturday the other day and talked to Brother Randy Doolin. He said something. I was, man, if every believer could live, he, 
He works as a caseworker for foster care. He says, I sit there. I don't know what to do. He says, so I asked God. And he said, God tells me what to do. And it works. And he said, there's times he's told his supervisor, I'm not sure what to do. I need to talk to God. And tells his supervisor, here's what God said. Oh, we like what God says here in this box or in your box on Sunday morning. It's been a, you know what, how many of your old Antiochers were some, we had those preachers that came and they read their text and they, they use a text for about five minutes and then from then on it was, stand up, read your mail. Ooh, hallelujah. Then the next person, they read your mail. And the rest of us sit there doing two things. Wow, that's so cool. Oh, man. That was right on the money. That's the one thing we do. And then the second thing is, as long as it's all good stuff. When's it going to be my turn? When's it going to come to me? When's it going to come read my mail? Angie pulled out the other day. I don't know. Did you type that up, or somebody typed? Her dad typed the prophecy up. Had a had. There was a preacher was here back in that old in the gymatorium, right? I think it was a gymatorium. Called, didn't know her. Called her by name. Called her by name. Does the name Angela mean anything to you? Uh, you want to see my driver's license? My bur- man, that's cool. That's cool, man. We have had Brother Shelton, Brother Hood, or two. They can do it. Back in the old, this old little sanctuary, I think it was, when Brother Hood prophesied to you guys. Just a few short months, weeks later, found out they were going to have a baby. That's all. That's the gifts. That's great. I got to tell you, I, do, I don't think God gave the gifts of the Spirit for our personal entertainment and pleasure. And it's amazing how many of you operated in here. Why is it God can tell you something to get up in somebody's ear and whisper that is a word from Him and you can't stand in a, in a, in a place of work or in the mall or in a, in a restaurant and look at somebody and say, God just spoke to me, and here's what He wanted me to tell you. See, here's part of the problem. We do that here, and we miss it. We know ain't nobody going to tell us. Sorry for the grammar, but that's the easiest way to put it. Because there's a bunch of us that have done it. Somebody got up in our ear, and they're prophesying away, and we're trying to pray, and we're thinking, I... That envelope got delivered to the wrong mailbox. I'm not talking about being stubborn and rebellious. I'm talking about they just flat out missed it. And what do you do? You stand there and try to ignore it or endure it. And as soon as they're done, I'll get reconnected and get what I need. But at this very moment, I'm losing everything I need. But we never go tell them. We never go tell them. I don't mean go tell them mean or unkind. 
Anybody ever taken a letter back to the post office because it wasn't your letter? Listen, brother, I don't mean to be unkind, but I just want whatever you thought you heard. But you know what? It's a whole big, it's a whole different gamble out there. Because that sinner ain't going to look at you and say, thank you very much, I appreciate that. What? What are you talking about? But the same gifts that can work in here and that do work in here. And need to work even more. But this ought to be practice. This ought to be practice for what we do out there. Sanctify. Set apart. Because tomorrow. Can you imagine? I'm closing. Can you imagine the challenge of doubt and unbelief after 14,600 days? wandering that's a lot of disappointment that gets built up I'm assuming they passed by that Jordan River at least a couple times in that 40 years and the first couple of times they passed by they probably thought maybe this is the day only to be led further away again To the point, I wonder how many of them had finally decided it won't ever happen. And Joshua stands up this day and says, tomorrow. Tomorrow. God is going to be marvelous. Tomorrow, God's going to be wonderful. I I, I don't want to ruin the testimony because we're talking about sharing it another way but in part of what we've been doing the last couple of months with our elders is putting down some goals and things you're going to be doing and brother johnson put down that he wanted in the first quarter right first quarter so that's january february march right that's the first quarter it's it's february 1st brother johnson put down that he wanted in the first quarter a brand new home bible study Guess what Brother Johnson got this past week? So I guess now we're hoping that God's going to give another home Bible study in the first quarter because we already got that first one taken. Can I tell you, I believe God is about to do some wonders. So I come to challenge some folks tonight. We need to make sure that we get rid of some entanglements and some things that have got us wrapped up and ensnared so that we can get in this warfare and without restriction and limitation, we can fight this good fight and be victorious because we are more than conquerors. Last verse, and I close. 
Somebody come to the keyboard, please. Joel chapter 2, verse 15, the scripture said, the word of the Lord says, Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn, a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Do you understand what's being communicated here? Don't leave anybody out. Sometimes there are exemptions. Sometimes people can stay home. Well, what, what is it? First year of marriage or whatever. What is it? You get to stay home from battle. There's, there's exemptions. But in, there's also sometimes that desperate measures are needed. When the word of the Lord came from Jonah to Nineveh that God was going to destroy Nineveh. The king didn't call a fast for all the adults. And he didn't just call a fast for the humans. Let everything that's breathing not eat for a couple days. Because this is drastic. And we need something to happen. And so he says call all of those in verse 17 let the priests let the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar and let them say spare thy people O Lord and give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them wherefore should they say among the people where is their God then 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 will somebody say will not might not maybe then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Paraphrased, that means God is going to do something. That means God is going to do something. So as I close, this is my appeal. Starting on Saturday night at the prayer meeting here at the church, our focus is going to shift. It's not going to be about us. It's not going to be about us. Starting Saturday night corporately. I'm talking corporately. Different things may happen in individual ministries as things are needed. But corporately, Saturday night, there's going to be a shift. But I am challenging you between now and Saturday to take a little bit of time and see what it is you might need to get untangled from. See what it is that might be, that might have you wrapped up. See what affairs, what things might have you too busy. I'm going to challenge you. Not asking for commitments per se. I'm about to give an altar call. I got nothing. We're not signing up. We're not. I'm going to challenge you to spend some time this week in fasting and prayer. However you want to fast, you want to go straight through and eat nothing. You want to go meal to meal. You want to do a Daniel fast. But I'm challenging you to spend a couple days this week saying no to your flesh. I'm not calling a church-wide social media fast, but I'm challenging you as an individual. Maybe stay off of Instagram a couple days. Stay off of Facebook 
Stay off your games. Stay off your videos for a couple of days. And make sure that you're not a soldier trying to fight this war while you are entangled. Close your eyes for a moment if you would. I've put that out there. How you apply it specifically is up to you. What I would like to do now is open this altar to those that are willing to make a commitment to the Lord tonight to say, I want to be a part of what you're doing, God. I want to be a part of this war. I want to be a part of this fight. And I don't want to be a part of it entangled, entwined with anything, with the affairs of this life. I don't want to try to fight this spiritual battle while I'm also hampered and hindered by things that are wrapped up in my life, by affairs of this life. And so I want to get set free. I want to sanctify myself. I want to set myself apart. I want to cut some things off from my life. I want to get separated from some things because I want to be able to be a part of this warfare and fight this fight as a good soldier and an effective soldier, a soldier that can be at full potential, a soldier that can fight without hindrance or limitation because I believe you're about to show yourself wonderful. I believe you're about to show yourself marvelous. I believe you're about to do some things to demonstrate who you are and what you can do. And it's not going to be about the memory of the past and we're thankful for them. It's not going to be about what you did years ago but it's going to be some new testimonies. It's going to be some new victories. It's going to be some new miracles that are happening today and I don't want to just be a spectator but I want to be a participant in the name of Jesus. God whatever it might be that's entangling me Whatever it might be that's gotten entwined in me, God. Whatever it might be that's gotten wrapped up in my life, Lord. I want to be loosed. I want to be set free from it. I don't want to be a soldier that's ensnared with the affairs of this life. I want to be as submitted to you just as much as my hand is submitted to my brain to tell it what to do, just as much as the rest of my body responds to the commands from my brain, I want to be that responsive to you, God. In the name of Jesus. Come on. It's not just wonders that God wants to do for us corporately. But I'm preaching to you tonight. God wants to do some wonders in your life individually. God wants to do some wonders for you individually. Not just corporate wonders. Not just corporate victories. Not just corporate miracles. But in your life individually that the kingdom would be manifested in your life, that his kingdom would come and be demonstrated in your life individually. The power of the kingdom, the glory of the kingdom, manifested and demonstrated in your life. Can you hear yes. Oh, somebody listen tonight. 
somebody listen to that invitation. There's a risk. Yes, there's a risk to the flesh. There's also a lot of great things waiting for you to be experienced. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to see. We're going to see. We're going to see. We're going to see. I'm going to see it. We're going to see it corporately. We're going to see, we're going to see. I know you've been wandering a lot of days in your wilderness. I know you've been wandering a lot of days in your wilderness. But could it be that tomorrow... Could it be that tomorrow God's going to do wonders? I know you've been disappointed. I know you've been let down. I know you've been waiting a long time. Renew our faith. Renew our faith, God. Revive our faith. We're not going to get free from the things that are entangling us if we don't have faith in what you're going to do, God. We're not going to sanctify ourselves if we don't have some faith for what you're going to do. So I'm asking you, God, renew our faith tonight. Renew our faith tonight, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh,
Yeah.